Our reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, thanks be to God. Um, it's so good to see you guys. Um, I'll just add on my welcome to what John said before. I'm Abiel, leader of the youth ministry, and it is so good to be here. So let's shift our perspective of the Christmas story. For many years, you're going to learn a lot about me now. Um, I've honestly <laughs> dreaded the Christmas season. The Christmas market in town, I find it to often be really overcrowded, for one. And I never really understood the hype behind picking a Christmas tree until yesterday when I went, and so it's growing on me. I know I'm picky, so please bear with me. Um, but I usually also don't like the Christmas lights, unless they're the warm yellow tones. I think St. Mary's are doing a really good job. Um, but not the bright ones or the really like the ones that flicker on and off. However, gearing up to Christmas this year, I've somehow found a tolerance for most of these things, like buying a Christmas tree, I went yesterday, and warming up to the Christmas lights. Ever since last week's sermon when Kevin spoke about light and the darkness and how it defeats the darkness, he gave us a helpful reminder that when we see Christmas lights this season, let it remind us of the true light that came into the world. So I'm very reminded of Jesus right now. <laughs> I'm feeling really emotional, bear with, it's because of him. Um, but that's been really helpful, so honestly, thank you so much, Kevin. Christmas should point us back to Jesus. He is quite literally the reason for this season. And I'm afraid that sometimes we might spend a bit more time on the decorations than the celebration of what Christmas truly means to us. So this week, as we take on another perspective of Christmas, we'll be looking at Joseph and the courage and the bravery that it required for him to be Jesus' father. We'll look at how we as Christians can learn how to have courage like Joseph. That when the unexpected comes, how can we trust that this is God's plan for us? So how would you feel if God changed the course of your life because he had a great plan which included you? Would you feel honoured? Uncomfortable? Would you feel flattered? Willing or unwilling? Would you say yes or would you say no? In the NIV translation of the Bible, the section that our reading was taken from is titled, Joseph Accepts Jesus as His Son. Joseph accepts Jesus. And it's that word accepts that draws my attention because Joseph accepting Jesus as his son is a part of the Christmas story that I honestly haven't paid much attention to until these last few weeks. And I wonder if that's something we can all relate to. I believe that there's a lot for us to learn as followers of Christ from the courage that Joseph had. 
I think there are three kinds of courage that we need as believers. The first being courage to take the world's disdain. Secondly, courage to give up your right to self-determination and courage to admit that you sin. And I'll use these three points to shape this talk today. So firstly, courage to take the world's disdain. There is no one else who can say that their fiancé is pregnant with the Son of God. <laughs> Let's be honest. Joseph and Mary's situation is very unique. Like, it's one thing to marry someone who already has children that you've welcomed in. I've seen that in my family. My dad, when he met my mum, she had two kids. He married her, and he welcomed them in. I've got two half-siblings. And it's another thing to marry someone who is currently expecting, just as Joseph did, their relationship is special and uniquely different to all lovers. The word disdain means the feeling that someone or something is unworthy of one's consideration or respect. For Joseph, at this time, everything was pretty much at stake. You see, in those times when you're pledged to be mar married, as our scripture says, you're not in the friend zone or in the dating stage. When you're pledged to be married to someone, you're in an official engagement, which looks really different to what we see these days. This engagement was a sealed contract, which shouldn't be broken, and the couple would spend this time apart. They made a commitment before God and before their community prior to marriage that they would live together in union and in matrimony after the engagement was over. So everything was at stake. It would take a lot for Joseph to accept the fact that he would become this child's father. It required courage and it required bravery. Joseph knew that marrying Mary would result in them losing respect or consideration from others. So shame and disgrace was a factor in this and therefore he wanted to divorce Mary quietly. How could he accept Mary and marry her? And how could he accept this child as his son? So being a follower of Christ requires courage. When God calls you to something bigger than yourself, you go. So if God changed the course of your life because he had a great plan which included you, how would you feel? There were many things at stake for Joseph and Mary. Yes, Joseph had to factor in becoming a father sooner than he expected to. And not just to any child, but to the son of God. But where God went, he went. He had the courage to take on what the world thought about his unique family. Secondly, it takes courage to give up the right to self-determination. I really like my name. <laughs> Like, I really, really like my name, and this will make sense shortly. I've only ever met another Abiel once, and that, surprisingly enough, was here at St. Mary's about two years ago. It says a lot about how popular of a name it is. But my parents actually almost wanted to call me Mirabelle, but I'm glad that my aunt and uncle stole it for my cousin, because although I was called baby for about a month, yeah, long story, I can explain it another time, <laughs> my parents had the time to find the right name for me. As a parent, you make the decision of what your child's name will be. That's kind of the right you have over them. My parents chose to name me Abiel. Abiel means God is my father. And I'm really glad they gave me that instead of Mirabelle, which means wondrous beauty, although maybe I would have lived up to that too. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, I am joking, sorry. <laughs> but I'm a big believer in the meaning of a name. I think it holds so much power. 
and my name has become a powerful and helpful reminder of who God is and that I'm never alone, especially in times of trial. God is my father. Like I'm very glad my parents gave me that name and I hold on to it much more than they realise. But Joseph didn't have that. In the patriarchal culture of this time, it was a father's absolute right to name his child. I'm sure that Joseph would have been like, pretty ecstatic to give his first child a name that would have meant a lot to him. But he didn't get that. He was still considering marrying a pregnant Mary. He hadn't yet accepted Jesus and he was given the name to give to this child who wasn't his. And this name that he was given, Jesus, held so much power that only God would have picked way before he arrived. Jesus, Yahweh, saves. That name, Yahweh, was a name that many dared not speak for years. But Jesus was coming. The Emmanuel, God with us, was arriving here on earth. He gave us a reason to say this name. That name, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> he came here to save and he still saves today, living to the full expectation and the destiny that God placed on his life. Isaiah prophesied around 700 years before Jesus' birth and he said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Those are the exact words spoken in our earlier reading from Matthew's gospel. In the Jewish religion, there was absolutely no way that Jesus was God. Jews are awaiting a Messiah. They're waiting for the one who will save them. And here in this passage and many other passages in scripture, we read of promises and prophecies that point to a coming Messiah. And here we're gathered, the people who've chosen to believe that Jesus is him. These Old Testament scriptures would have been quite familiar to Joseph. He was a faithful Jewish man. He would have read these prophecies about the coming Messiah and would have heard exactly what we heard in Isaiah's prophecy. Perhaps when he woke up from his dream, Joseph was in shock and maybe a bit confused as to why God would use him in his story. Perhaps he was counting himself out. But if he was, he still said yes to God's plan. Later in the passage, it says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. No hesitation. Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. Joseph had courage. He put God in front and himself behind. He put God in front and all that people thought of him and Mary, he put behind. He put God in front and all of his rights, he put behind. So Joseph accepts Jesus as his son because he put God first. He had a part to play in Jesus' story. And when it comes to following Christ, your yes to him must remain a yes. That means your conditions and your expectations of what you want, your rights to self-determination, it all goes out the window. When you come to Christ, you live in a place of surrender. 
you put God first and everything else falls behind. There's a lot we can learn from Joseph. You can learn how to have courage like him to take on the world's disdain. You can learn from him how to courageously give up your right to self-determination. And all of this brings us to our final point, which we need to turn to Jesus for. It takes courage to admit that you sin. In verse 21, it says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is Jesus's mission, like laid out right in front of us. He will save his people. That's you and you (laughs) and you. He will save you from your sins. It's a big mission to put on a little baby, but God does it because he knows that Jesus can and he will do it. Can you, knowing that Jesus saves, can you admit that, God, I know I did this thing yesterday, or I know I've done things that I'm not entirely proud of, but I need your help. Like, I need you to save me. Are you willing to say that? Are you willing to come before Jesus and in your life of surrender, be willing to like lay it all down in front of him. Simply put, if you admit that you sin, you have the opportunity to invite Jesus in and let him do what he came to do. Like I sin, we all do, but we need Jesus. Yahweh saves. Jesus came out of the Father's love for you For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that's Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Admitting that you sin isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of courage and it's a sign of bravery. It shows that you can lean on God, simply saying, I need your help. For it's through Christ that we are saved and it's through him that we're made new. And we do a great job at remembering this at Easter when Jesus died and when he rose again. But now, especially at Christmas, this is a time that we can remember this as it's a time to remember him. Timothy Keller, in his book, Hidden Christmas, which has been really helpful for um, reading throughout this Advent season, he says, Jesus literally moved heaven and earth to get near us. What should we be doing now to truly be with him? I think this is such a helpful reminder for us, especially during this time of Advent, to think of the ways in which we can be with Jesus more. It could be helpful to think of how you can embrace him, how you can lean on him for help and for courage. If God did everything he can in order to be with you, how can you do what you can to be with him? as well as being reminded of the light who came to the world when you see the Christmas lights, can you remember the one who saves when you're packing and delivering love Christmas boxes next week? Can you remember the one who saves when you see someone sleeping homeless this winter? Can you remember the one who saves when you're at work or when you're at school? Can you remember the one who saves in your own life? And then can you pray for them? 
And can you pray for yourself or ask someone to pray for and with you? And that could be a friend, could be someone in your small group or your table, or even a family member. God has done everything he can to be with you. He took on flesh and he literally came as a newborn baby, tiny and fragile, all because he is Emmanuel, God with us. So with much reverence and awe for him, the least we can do is draw nearer to him. Amen. Amen. I think just now I'm like really reminded of Joseph um, and maybe for those of us who are like in this room right now or watching online and just how I have like whilst I was talking just kept getting the phrase I'm not capable for this like God you've placed something really big on me like you've called me to do something bigger than myself And as we like, enter this time of ministry, like, would you just stand with me? And we can kind of turn these into prayers. And if that is you who kind of feels like Joseph, or if you feel like you need courage. Holy Spirit, I just invite you in right now to come and to rest on us, on your church, on your people. Jesus, would you just come and meet with us, with those of us that you came to save Would you help us to feel called and capable to what you've placed in our hearts? And so come, Holy Spirit.